Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 164. I think we would all agree that it's a lot easier to talk to God than listen, isn't it? I mean, if you have a need or a worry or a concern, it's not that hard to, I don't know, you're thinking about it and it sort of morphs into a prayer in some ways, you know? It's like you're in bed, you can't sleep, you're waking up at three o'clock in the morning, you're worried about something, and you try to think things through. How am I going to fix this? What can I do about this? What should I say? How can I change this situation? And slowly but surely, sooner or later, we're going to find ourselves talking to God about it, aren't we? Now, the trickier part is, what is God saying back to me, right? That's the tricky part. I'm talking, I'm thinking, I'm seeking, I'm asking, I'm wondering, and nothing's that clear. I think this is a common, common dilemma that we find ourselves in. And, And yet, interestingly enough, all through the scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, there's this promise that runs through the scripture. You know, I'll lead you, I'll guide you, Jesus said, I'm the shepherd, my sheep hear my voice. You're the sheep, you'll hear my voice. And yet when, you know, practically speaking, it's like, well, why why is it so very difficult to hear? And I'm going to suggest today that one of the reasons that it's difficult to hear is because fear gets in the way. Fear gets in the way of listening. It's not so much about God being silent. It's more about, I, I, I don't want that to happen and I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. But first, let me tell you, let me give you the passage. The passage is, uh, we're in um, Matthew 16. It's called the Transfiguration. And Jesus and his closest, three closest disciples are climbing up a mountain. And when they get to the top, the text tells us that he's changed, transfigured before them all, Peter, James, and John. He's dazzling bright light and a voice out of the cloud says, this is my son, the beloved, listen to him. So when you read the whole transfiguration story, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a vision really. And it's, you might think, well, what in the world is that about? At its simplest, that one line where the, the voice from the cloud says, this is my son, listen to him. Whatever else it means, it means pay attention to what he says to you. Now, this instruction was given to the students who had not been listening well. And the reason that they hadn't been listening well is because they're fearful and they don't like some of the things that Jesus has been telling them lately. 
This takes place near the end of Jesus' life, by the way. And so that they, they know at this point in their history with him that he has enemies, he has people that want him killed. And Jesus is t- trying to prepare them, basically. And uh, the context of this is over six days ago, Jesus, knowing that his time on earth was short, on three separate occasions, tries to prepare his disciples for what's going to happen in the future. It's not going to be easy for them. Hard times are ahead. Uh, It's going to involve Jesus being arrested. It's going to involve the cross, which of course means suffering. He actually says he'll be killed, and he tells them quite plainly that on the third day, he'll be raised up. And the fascinating thing to me is always that nobody asks any questions about the third day. Nobody says, what do you mean raised up on the third day? What's going to happen on the third day? Raised up to where? What is what? Nobody questions it because all they hear is Jesus saying, he'll die. Nobody, as soon as he says that word die, nobody listens after that because the whole idea is horrendous. It's unthinkable to them. How could they cope if he died? That would end everything, right? Nobody asks, what, what do you mean by on the third day you'll be raised up? And, and they're, they're simply just the disciples immobilized by fear. And this is so common for people, you know? This is so common for us. You know, we, we, when we get scared, we don't even ask the right questions. We don't even remember what is true. We simply fixate on the worst case scenario for these disciples. Worst case scenario is Jesus does get arrested, he does end up on a cross and he dies. That is the worst case scenario. So they're thinking, well, we might lose them, and we can't cope with that. So it can happen. So I think what I noticed this reading was how sensitive Jesus is as a teacher. And he knows this is a great weakness for all his disciples, not just with Peter, James, and John, but he's seen it in all of his disciples over the last three plus years. But with all his disciples, and because, because they need help, because they need strength, because they need encouragement, Jesus gives Peter, James, and John this vision, which really is for a brief, brief moment, shows Peter and James and John that, you know, life isn't as chaotic and as out of control as you think it is. Because there Jesus is up on the mountaintop, and then the text tells us that he is transfigured before them. And that word, transfigured, is metamorphosis. A change happens. Something different happens to Jesus. It's bright, it's dazzling, It's brighter light than they've ever, ever seen before. 
he's transfigured before him. Now, this is why it's so fascinating. That word metamorphosis is the same word that we use for the change that happens in the caterpillar to the butterfly. Now, there's so many profound, wonderful spiritual lessons in the image of metamorphosis, you know, from cat caterpillar to butterfly. And I was reading a, a web page from Marty Nevis Davis, who's a photographer. And she says that when the caterpillar is ready to relinquish every single identifiable characteristic that defines it as a caterpillar, it sheds it all until nothing remains. So when that process begins for the caterpillar, their 12 eyes are gone, those powerful milkweed chewing jaws are gone, their 16 legs are gone, their tentacles are gone, their stripped face gone, everything dies, everything dies in that cocoon. It's completely changed before the new comes forth. And when the new creature emerges, when the butterfly, let's say it's a monarch, when that monarch emerges, that butterfly sees more colors than you and I can see. Now, when the butterfly was a caterpillar, the caterpillar could only see light and dark. But after this rebirth, that butterfly can see more colors of the rainbow that we can see. That monarch can fly 3,000 miles, 100 miles a day. I mean, it's a completely different, brand new, glorious creature, the monarch. So within that example that we see in nature, there is this mystery, kind of an awesome mystery, that out of death, death to the old, there's this rebirth into something entirely new. Now, I think this is why Jesus was so very matter-of-fact when he spoke about death. He understood this. He experienced this. He knew we would experience it many, many times before our actual physical death. Uh, Jesus knew that death was unavoidable. It will happen. But time and time again, it's like, listen to me now. It's not the end. It is not the end. But you see, Peter and James and John and all the others, and, and us, to be honest, right, only know the caterpillar and only want the caterpillar. And the thought of anything else scares us silly. And that's really one, of, that's a main spiritual principle that fear holds us back. And Jesus knows this. And he knew this about his disciples. And so, at their weakest point, 
he gives them a glimpse, just a glimpse, just a, a momentary vision of something bigger than all their own fears of loss and change. And that vision, we've, we've come to call it the transfiguration, when he shines out bright like the noonday sun, dazzling white eternal light. It's like, mm -mm, this is no ordinary prophet. This is no ordinary prophet, no ordinary man. This is the one who was there before the very foundation of the world. Because remember, Jesus was long since here, long before the Christmas story, right? I mean, he was born into the world as a man uh, during the Christmas, during our Christmas stories, Christmas narratives, but that certainly wasn't Jesus' beginning, right? There is no beginning to the Alpha and the Omega. It's not neatly contained that way, that's for sure. But I think if these disciples, if these students can let in any new information, and that's kind of questionable, because it's really hard to let in new information when you're frightened. I think that the vision was to encourage them. And I think that we'll find that at our low points, God brings people along, circumstances, encouragements of various kinds, and it's broad and it's big. It, it certainly needn't be some vision on a mountaintop, but it's something that comes at your darkest hour to give you strength and encourage you. And I think that this vision is saying to these disciples that no matter how horrible things get in the months ahead, because they're going to be bad, disciples, you have to remember God is in control. You have to remember this mountaintop experience because when life looks like chaos and when it looks hopeless and when you don't understand why things are happening the way they're happening, God would say, listen to him, there is one who never changes. God is in control. God is in control. This is my son. Listen to him. The son who was and is before the foundation of the world. This is the one that holds all things. In him we live and move and have our being. I think that one of the main difficulties in hearing God or receiving any kind of guidance. I think uh, one of the hindrances that we often experience is our great fear of loss, just like the disciples. You know, we can't really hear much because we're so scared of losing. And so like the disciples, we can cling too tightly to what we have and we try to, av we try to avoid loss and grief and change. It's a common, common thing. We do it without even thinking about it. We can end up focusing on only what we will miss 
while Jesus is saying, no, no, that's, that's not the way to live. No, that's, it's not going to help you. It's not the way life works. You have to release before you secure. You see, we want to go around securing everything. I want to secure health. I want to secure happiness. I want a happy home. I want to get on and contribute and make a difference in this world. I don't want to lose anyone that I love. It on and on and on. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. Life doesn't work that way. And certainly not the spiritual life and our emotional life. You have to lose to gain. You have to hold lightly to be grasped tightly. It's all about the opposites, all counterintuitive. The things that come naturally to us, like insisting and grasping and holding and resisting, are the very things that cause us suffering. Very things that cause the first disciples suffering too. In fact, in this text, that when the disciples come down from the mountain, they're met with several of their other students, disciples, and they're in the midst of a failed mission. And Jesus basically says to them, you're failing and you're stumbling because you're not trusting. You're not trusting. You're all too scared. You're all too scared. And you're all too worried and you're all too anxious. Yeah. We can be our own worst enemy at times, can't we? It's reminded of that quote from, remember that missionary in the 50s, Jim Elliott, the one who died on the mission field? He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. There's, there's certain things in life that, that you cannot keep. The quicker we learn that, the better, because it throws us into trust. Basically, that's the, that's the, that's the only choice we have. There's certain things that happen in life where we realize, and this is the disciples in this text, actually. I mean, they're getting to the point where it's like, I think he's going to die. I, I think we're going to lose him. And they're panicking about this. And they're trying to figure out, particularly Peter, we have a lot of uh, information on him, how he thinks he can stop this from happening, which he thinks is the worst thing in the world, which ended up not being the worst thing in the world, but that's a whole other story. Um, yeah, I mean, he's so set on trying to make things go a particular way that it causes him so much grief and strife and loss and suffering. And yet Jesus is always, always teaching the same thing. You know, when we're desperately resisting something, it's usually a moment of opening and the gateway to deeper trust. It doesn't really matter what it is, but if you find yourself really fighting against something and coming up against something and resisting something, there's a strong possibility that a healing needs to take place.
And healing usually involves trust at some level. A healing of fears so that we can trust in this moment. So transfiguration, yeah, it's a, it's a, a lot about being frightened, resisting, and Jesus saying, no, you, listen, listen to me. I'm with you. I'm with you. You don't have to resist whatever it is that you're resisting. Together, we can go through this. And that becomes the prayer. And that becomes the heart cry. And it doesn't really matter so much what it is you're resisting. It's that energy that you feel. I mean, it causes us a lot of distress, doesn't it? When we start to, to chafe against what is. When we start to resist what is and what's happening around us. It causes a lot of grief and suffering. And sometimes, you know, the best thing is, is to recognize that. And then to move from that into a more open-handed stance, which is God, okay, I can't keep on holding on to this. I'm yours. And whatever you would have me do, whatever you would have me be, I'll trust you in this. There is the prayer, there is the heart cry, God, help us to trust you in all things, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of fear, even when we're resisting. Help us to learn, like these disciples, that you're trustworthy. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode. <laughs>